0: I'm Carrie and we
1: are paranormal chicks. Episode 148. It's not the first 148. Womp womp.
0: Oh god. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> you should have said it's not the first 48. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, but it's 148.
1: But, like, but first, first
0: true could have been there could could have have been been good but then it wasn't
1: but then i didn't want to get sued if it was like trademarked
0: oh my god you and the trademark
1: i know i really here's the thing because i'm not smart enough to understand how that works (laughs) and so i just assume you can't say anything (laughs) (laughs) like if it's like a title a lyric a yeah limerick oh
0: god we know know, we know you don't do the limericks do they rhyme Certain ones do rhyme, then I don't
1: do it. Yes, every word is orange. What doesn't rhyme? That's so how bad I suck at rhyming. Okay,
0: moving, moving right on. along, <laughs> huh?
1: <laughs> but you know that what does rhyme because it goes, oh god, Patreoners,
0: <laughs> and I just keep knocking it out of the park. That one was terrible. <laughs> Aren't they all? No. The other ones I've been a fan of. That one, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> other ones I'm like, oh my God, that's so bad. But like, actually really good. <laughs> this one.
1: Like, those are like low-key good. This yeah. is like no-key. No, like you're not even. No. 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 You're not even playing a note.
0: Yeah, no, this is the the first 148. <laughs> that's, that's what that was. <laughs>
1: You know what though? Monica C from New York gets us. Felicia
0: K from Sweden does too. Yasinia V from California. Taylor B from West Virginia. Leslie S from Mississippi. Ooh, Laura A from Illinois. Nina Q from Kentucky. And Charisma S from
1: Florida. Thank y'all so much for understanding us in this well gibber jabber of a
0: <laughs> Thanks for rhyming with us.
1: Okay. That was dumb.
0: Uh, that's what you literally said, that they <laughs> rhyme or whatever. Is that not what you said? Quit trying to make fetch happen, okay? <laughs> you know what does rhyme? patreon <laughs> Thanks for rhyming with us. That's stupid. Oh, well, God. Fuck. Bless. Sorry. Trying to be a team player here. <laughs>
1: For real, though, y'all. Thank y'all so much for supporting us on Patreon. We really do appreciate it. If you want an episode shout-out and all of the extra bonus content that they're getting, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast.
0: Anything new? What's
1: new, pussycat? Wow, 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 wow. Uh,
0: <laughs> no. This weekend, I go to Pensacola because I got a dry needle course. Same shit with me. Nothing. Nothing new. Literally, just plain phasmophobia. And yeah. Well, this is truly not an ad,
1: but Colby and I have been doing like one of those meal kits where like they send you all the shit and you like have to make it. Well, he's starting back to work finally. Thank Jesus. I mean, I'm going to miss him, but yay, money. And so, you know, me, I hate cooking and I'm getting one that like comes in like a meal ready tin that's like put it in the oven and just bake it. And I'm super excited about it because
0: I mean, all I got to do is bake it. Yeah. Did they have good options?
1: Yeah, it's like it's not as many options, mm-hmm. but they could like they only have like 4 every week to choose from of the oven ready. Yeah. But still, it's Oh yeah. Fucking oven ready. Yeah. And it's like throw the tin away, you know. Yeah. That's literally the only thing that's new in my life. I think I'm finally figuring out Discord. Because, okay, so if you're on Patreon, we have a Discord server,
0: question yep, mark? Yeah,
1: That is, you know, for people on Patreon. And so there's a couple of different chats in it or whatever, and I think I finally figured it out. I mean, except for I did have an entire conversation today that I think was my fault in the welcome chat instead of the tangent chat. Mm-hmm. So,
0: sorry. And it was a doozy of one. It talked about... If we were a furry, what would we be? So newcomers, you're welcome. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. Go to tangent time. <laughs> it gets worse from there.
1: But it's cool because you can like turn on notifications for what sections you like care about. Yeah. You know? I don't need all that group chat stuff. I just want to know like what
0: Episode they're doing stuff. on. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Randy H because like he knows all that shit.
1: Yeah, he's, like, totally organized it and, like, made, like, little, what are the emoticons? Yeah. Is that what they are? Sure. That, that are, like, of our faces yeah. and pieces of the logo and shit that yeah. you can, like, instead of doing, like, a heart on something, you can, like, do Donna's face to it.
0: It's crazy. I know. Yeah, it, he's amazing. So thank you for that because... uh <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, because,
1: I mean, I just learned how to turn on the fucking notifications for each, <laughs> ser- each chat within the server, question yes. mark. So, yeah. And when did I become this person? I feel like I used to understand
0: things. Look, he had to walk me through shit, too, because I was like, wait, what? And, I mean, he'll ask me, like, so you set up this permission? Uh, I just linked it to Patreon and, like— Walk through a YouTube tutorial. Right. (laughs) That's what I did. So uh, teach me what I did wrong, sir, please. But we also play the Phasmophobia, and we will chat in Discord. So, like, like, we really love having other people there, and they'll watch the stream. And, like, even if you don't want to watch that, like, we all just chat. So, like, if you want to, like, talk to us or whatever, like, listen to us scream and me yell at Randy for scaring me. You are more than welcome to do that if you're in the naughty. What you got this week? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm lit today. I don't know why. Well, okay. What we're going to talk about is a girl named Kathy Hobbs. And Kathy, unfortunately, had experienced trauma during her childhood in the form of her parents divorcing when she was eight years old. I think what kind of made the divorce worse for her is that she and her dad were super close, but she was to live with her mom and baby sister. Then her world turned upside down again in the seventh grade when one of her best friends passed away due to a heart condition. Oh, God. Yeah. So from a very young age, Kathy sadly knew what loss was and the lasting impact it had on others and maybe it was a goodbyes that she had already had to say but Kathy began to tell everyone that she would not live past the age of 16 it wasn't said in a self-harm threat or anything it was more of a premonition Kathy's mom Vivian remembers this one night that she and Kathy had this heart-to-heart where Kathy told her that she did not want to get any older and she wanted to remain a little girl but Vivian, of course, replied that everyone had to grow up, that it wasn't the easiest in the world to do, but everyone did it. And Kathy looked up into Vivian's eyes, tears filling her own, and she told her mom, quote, but I'm not going to. And sometimes Kathy's fears would be so intense that she would not leave her house for days. She was socially withdrawn, and her parents feared that Kathy was acting as though she was dead already. And even though they were divorced, they still put Kathy's well-being first. And so they thought that a change of scenery might do her some good. Maybe a move would help dispel these thoughts of death. So they packed up and moved to Las Vegas. And for a bit, her parents were right. Kathy did become more social. They lived in an apartment complex, her mom and her sister, She made some friends and seemed to make an easy adjustment into this new life in Las Vegas. Until that day was looming closer and closer. Her 16th birthday. And again, her fears increased to a level where she refused to even leave her bedroom for days at a time. She wouldn't keep in contact with her friends that she made. She really didn't talk to her family much. And she just would repeat that she knew she was going to die. She just knew it. And there was nothing that she could do to stop it. She was going to turn 16 and that was going to be the end of her life. But then she woke up on April 20th, 1987, 16 years old and alive. Kathy rushed to her mom's room, and Vivian remembers her gushing, I made it, mom. I made it. I'm 16. I did it. I'm alive. And Vivian could tell that physically, there was a change in her daughter, like a huge burden had been lifted off of her shoulders, and she could breathe and not live in fear. And it wasn't just a relief for Kathy. Her friends and family could finally breathe without worrying if Kathy was correct with this premonition that she's had for years. Or feel bad thinking that she was just an angsty teen. They didn't want to be dismissive, but they also didn't want to live in fear themselves. From her birthday on, Kathy had a new lease on life. She started to spend more time with her friends and became more of a social butterfly than ever. She got into makeup, and for the first time in her life, she started to think about her future. What she would want to be when she grew up. And from the recent dabbling in the beauty products and hairstyling, she knew that she had found her passion. Ultimately, she wanted to open up a hair salon and she would call it Cat's Cuts. I mean, is she me? I love that name. Can you imagine how wonderful this was for her family, her friends, and for Kathy? This girl finally saw a future for herself. For eight years, she had only envisioned her death. There was no use of dreams. You know, she never thought that there was any possibility that anything that she wanted would come true other than turning 16 and dying. But now she has goals and she's determined and working hard to reach these goals. So we know she loves beauty products and hair stuff. And so she was letting herself be a teenager. And with teenagers, there's also hormones, right? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so, another love of Kathy's was books, and in particular, romance novels. And I totally get it because if she thought she was going to die, she would have probably thought she would have never experienced anything like what was being described on those pages. And if you're a teen, those steamy romance novels in the 80s are probably the easiest porn mm-hmm. you can get. You know, the whole Jean-Luc thrusted his throbbing member into her core kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, y'all missed out. I'm just saying. Anyway, picture it. It's July 23rd, 1987, a Thursday night during the summer, and Kathy has just devoured one of her romance novels. It's 11 p.m. when she finishes her novel, and she instantly needs another one. And again, I completely get it, especially if it's a series, because I've actually bought extra credits on Audible because I've started a series and I'm like, it's all right, I'll read this one and then next, you know, next month and then the next month. No, 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 no. Had to buy the extra three credits and, you know, if you know, you know, I've done it. I've been there, Kathy. Well, that's what I'm picturing. She's, you know, reading a page turner left with a cliffhanger and was like... note tonight. Exactly. And we all know that Las Vegas is a 24-hour town. Mm-hmm. Even though Kathy and her mom and sister lived in a residential area, it's still 24 hours. Just a nicer neighborhood and no tourist. Well, Kathy gathered her purse and told her mom that she was going to walk to the supermarket to get another book. And again, it's 11 p.m., but Vegas time with summertime added into the equation, it's not weird. Right. And it's located in the pretty busy intersection of Desert Road Inn and Maryland Parkway. So her mom wasn't worried. And also, to put Vivian even more at ease, usually Kathy would walk with one of her friends from the apartment complex. So seriously, when Kathy told her mom that she was going to go, Vivian didn't give it a second thought. She did think it was odd that Kathy gave her a kiss. She's like, hey, give me a kiss goodnight. And Vivian's like, okay, but I'll probably be up when you come back. And she's like, well, I'll hang out with my friends at the pool, you know, like, whatever. I'll have my book. I can read it whenever. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. They kissed, and that was that. When Kathy made it to the pool to get her walking buddy, none of her friends were there. Completely empty, but it was a couple of blocks, so she shrugged it off and was like, NBD, I can do this. No big deal for
1: those of you who don't speak uh I don't
0: know. Teeny bopper. Teeny bopper. (laughs) And so she went to the supermarket to get her book. She got it, but she never made it back home. Something to note, Vivian did fall asleep soon after Kathy left to go to the bookstore. But she woke up around 3 a.m. because she said she felt like something hit her in the head. And she sat up trying to figure out... What happened and why her head was radiating this much pain. But soon the feeling dissipated and she felt a soothing calmness rush over her. And she just felt like, okay, everything is okay. And she was able to fall back sound asleep. But things were far from okay. And bless Vivian's heart, she soon found that out the next morning. She went into Kathy's room to find that her bed was still made and empty.
1: If I ever go missing, you can't use my room to know.
0: No, you know.
1: There is literally nope. nothing about my room. <laughs> no. Like, not one goddamn thing about my room that would tell you. <laughs> no. Nothing. Mm-mm. My bed's a mess. <laughs> There's clothes everywhere. Is, is her CPAP empty? That might be able to tell you. She need to add water to her CPAP? Oh, God. Well, that's permanently empty, because I have to add a little bit every fucking night. Oh, God. Because it's so damn dry right now. Oh, yeah. Literally nothing in my
0: room. (laughs) Well, this was so unlike Kathy that Vivian rushed to call the cops and report her daughter missing. And they acted quickly, and soon grid searches were being done. Her photo was passed around to all the media outlets, etc., And this is when they were able to confirm that Kathy did make it to the supermarket and she did, in fact, buy the book. They have a receipt from 11.17 p.m. that a paperback book was purchased. The clerk who was questioned was able to verify this as well as inform police that Kathy did not seem to act strangely and nothing seemed out of the ordinary about the, the whole exchange. And the police thought that they would have more leads due to the supermarket having lots of foot traffic, which meant a lot of potential eyewitnesses. But they didn't. And they were at a complete loss. However, nine days later, police were notified that there was a body in a remote field near Lake Mead, which is like an hour drive from Las Vegas. And in their heart of hearts, they knew it was Kathy. And it was. Aww. Rich Picault. He's a geologist. He was on a hike looking for some rock crystals when he found her body. He was walking back to his car and was like 150 feet from the road, and he smelled an odor. And you know how we all are. You got to go investigate any smell, whether it's nasty or yummy. You're like, "What that's what that smell, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I am guilty of this 100%. Hey, this smells nasty. Smell it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely me. <laughs> And I mean, that's what he did. And that's when he discovered Kathy. And he said this scene was the most horrible thing he had ever seen in his life. And so he had to sit down for a second and just, like, take it all in and make sure, like, okay, this is real. Like, that's a human. This is real. Like, he was looking for some fucking rock crystals. Yeah. You know? But it was. He called the police. They came. Close to Kathy's body were two rocks covered in blood. And there were also some tire tracks that showed a vehicle pulled in, turned around, and then left. Later, the cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma from repeated blows to her head with the rocks. Mm. And there was also evidence that she had been sexually assaulted. Damn. So Kathy did live to see 16 years old, but she died three months and three days later. Mm. So she technically did die when she was 16. When her family was cleaning out her room and just looking around, they found some letters that she had written to them. They were dated one month before her 16th birthday. Her case was on Unsolved Mysteries, and her mom read her letter that she had gotten from Kathy, and it said, Dear Mother, in the event of my death, you shall get this letter. I hope you live happily, and I don't want you or anyone else to dwell on my death. I love you all very dearly. You were good to me, and nobody else could have been a better mother. Keep me alive in your heart and don't ever forget me. Love always, Kathy. And then, like, I wasn't crying already, but then Vivian added, like, quote, she was a very good friend as well as being my daughter. And then I lost it more because, um, direct hit, you sank my battleship, like that. Yeah. Like, totally hit me, you know? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) like, Why? Why does it have to be, like, right on the nose? But unfortunately, Kathy's case went cold again because there were just no leads. They at least had the body, so there was that little bit of closure, but there was nothing else to propel the case forward. But on October 24th, three months exactly after Kathy had vanished, the police station had this answering machine that got a message from a man who said he saw two men grab this girl in front of a store on Desert Inn and Maryland. He said he had been out of town for a couple of months, but he wrote this stuff down because she was screaming and she seemed like a young girl. He recounted what she was wearing, which was a white jacket and pink pants. Very 80s. And he said that one of the men hollered to the other one and called him by his name, which was Robbie. And this guy said he actually wrote down the license plate number. Oh, shit. Yeah. The caller didn't leave his name or contact information, but the police were like, hell yeah. Check the license plate number, but it didn't exist. So the police repeatedly tried to get the witness to call back, but the man never did. And that was that, a dead end. Who knows what it could have been? It could have been the killer himself trying to throw them off his scent. It could have just been someone who had watched the news because when she was missing, they said what she had last been seen in. Oh, true. You know, who knows?
1: Well, and if this was some, like, good Samaritan that was that concerned about her safety, they wouldn't have waited three months to call.
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, so you took all this information down, so you were very concerned, mm-hmm. but you've been out of town,
1: and they don't have phones out of town.
0: Exactly. I'm like, mm, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a 911 that's always available. So, uh, yeah. But, you know. However, Kathy's case is now considered solved. What? hmm But some say it's actually not solved. So authorities found evidence and linked a serial killer named Michael Lee Lockhart to Kathy. Basically, in May of 87, he stole a blue Toyota Celica and he kept it until like November. Well, it's believed during this time is when he abducted and murdered Kathy. There were some blue fibers found at the crime scene that matched the fibers from that stolen vehicle. And then there were some credit card receipts that also placed him in Las Vegas at the time of the murder. But, okay, so when he was questioned about Kathy's case, some say he confessed, some say he didn't. I couldn't really find anything. Everything just said he was a suspect. So, basically, authorities was like, he looks really good for it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Lockhart was convicted for a series of murders in Texas, Indiana, Tennessee, and Florida. And he was eventually executed in Texas in 1997. And since he had already been sentenced to death in four states, mm-hmm. Nevada did not pursue anything. And so that's why some people say it it isn't solved because it's so like, well, this kind of matches up. He was in the area. That's probably it. Yeah. And it's done. Well, like, did they, the fibers like for sure match like that car or it's just blue fibers? I'm not sure. Okay. It said matched that car. Okay. But is it just a Toyota Celica and he just happened to be driving? Right. You know, and it's so scary to think about if people do get lumped into serial killer stuff, you know, like, oh, he was in the area. Mm -hmm. I bet he did this. So a lot of people still think Kathy's killers are out there. Because also, he if he confessed, which again, no one, nothing I've found said for sure, yes, he confessed that he killed Kathy. He didn't say that he had a partner. He, he never admitted to anything like that. So but most people think it was two people, because it was such a busy intersection that one person probably couldn't get her. Just to go with them. However, this guy, Lockhart, some people say he was like Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. So he could have been a smooth talker. You know, who knows? You never know. I was going to say, it depends on how attractive he is, mm -hmm. how good his con is. Exactly. So, again, this was on Unsolved Mysteries. And then, of course, it was loosely solved. It just sucks because it's like... I get why they don't put a lot of man hours behind it because it's like, well, that matches up. That matches up. He looks good for it. And if he did confess, whatever. Like, I don't know. None of it. I don't know. Again, I'm that person who, like, always looks into more, like, deeper stuff and wants it to be something else anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's unresolved. However, do you think that she was psychic? And do you think it's something that ran in her family because her mom had that dream at like 3 a.m. of something hitting her in her head and that pain and stuff, and then everything was okay. And these questions kind of link into it. Do you think you can predict your own death? Or do you think you can will stuff to happen like with the intention stuff, like with the rando nodding when we talked about like speaking your intentions out and then like putting that out in the universe and willing things to happen like that. Well, I don't know that you could change someone else's free will. But you know how people say, like, you have to think positive about it Mm -hmm. because if you think negative, you're like, that's what's going to happen to you. Like, if you think you're going to fail that test, that's what's going to happen. But that's very different because that's your
1: abilities versus like, okay, you being like, I'm going to die at 16. I'm going to die. And then someone else killing you. You know what I mean? But – she didn't say how she was gonna die. I know, but if you but see, what would be the same would be like her being like, Well, I'm gonna freaking die. And then like getting cancer and it died. It's like, well, you're worrying, you literally worried yourself to death. You know what I mean? That's that would be the same as like, Well, you thought you were gonna fail the test and you convinced yourself you were and you did. You know what I mean? That would be more the same to me than like an outsider coming in and doing it. Okay. Because, again, it's someone else's free will that you can't control. Whereas, you, can o- you know, you can only control you and your insides.
0: I'm just trying to think, like, if you had that and you put that out in the world and it's like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, you know, like, at 16, whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm so weird on, like, predestination. So, like, was it, like, whoever killed her, like... Was that already... But again, where's free will? So you have, like, no choice in the matter of how your life ends up? Oh, I have no idea. But I'm saying, like, so, like, they were already going to kill someone. And then you had already put that out in the world that you were going to die. Like, did y'all meet up at that time because it was willed to happen that way? Yeah,
1: I mean, I totally see what you're
0: saying. I mean, I have no idea. But Oh, God, me neither. It's just very, like, wow. This whole time she was like, I'm going to die at 16. And then bless her heart. She did. She did. Well, and
1: like with the mom, I mean, I don't know because it's such a snippet in time to know like, oh, did she have an ability or not? But my guess would be she had that much of a connection to Kathy versus an ability, you know? But again, what do I fucking know? I don't know shit about abilities and connections like that.
0: Me either. And maybe a connection like that is an ability. Maybe you can only
1: have that ability with a connection like that if you have the ability. Yeah. If that
0: makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It just breaks my heart that she was like, like, I did it. I'm 16. And then, like. Finally let herself be hopeful. Planned for her future. Had all of this. You know, she had started, like, a beauty school thing. You know, like, all of this. And then a senseless murder. And, like, murdered
1: in a way that she was aware it was happening. Yep. Not like, okay, she was shot in the back of the head, like, never saw it coming. Right. Like, fully aware of, holy fuck, I'm about to die. Yeah. I fully expected you to make this about aliens, by the way. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I really thought that's the direction this was going. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, not, wait, what? That's no. not where she's
0: taking this. No. More about can you predict your own future like that? Yeah. Because honestly, we say trust your gut and your instinct and your, you know, like all of these things. And I mean, for eight years, that's what she said. And so much so that she wrote all of her family these letters Mm -hmm. three months later, three months, three days. And then they got a
1: call three months after that. So like mm-hmm. three, three
0: three. Mm-hmm. I you know, that if too. you're into
1: like numerology.
0: Yeah, I thought that too.
1: And six plus one is seven.
0: So hey, shut up.
1: I mean, it's true. Like sixteen. One plus six. Yeah. I just said it weird. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you're into numerology, yeah. you can make shit happen. <clears> hmm. <throat> the more you don't know. The more you don't know. Well, my story this week involves a family as well. And look, y'all are coming in so clutch with these recommendations. So this one is from Adele S, and she recommended this in the Facebook group. So the story we're doing today is on the Haim family. Bonnie was married to Michael Haim, and they both worked together at Michael's family's construction supply company. Michael's aunt, Evan, owned the company. And so it seemed like maybe she was pretty close to the couple because, again, she spent so much time with them at work and all of that. Bonnie and Michael had gotten married very young, like 18, Bonnie was. and Okay, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> and in January of 1993, Bonnie is a young 23-year-old and, and together, she and Michael have a three-year-old named Aaron. And look, it's no secret that Bonnie and Michael have a very rough marriage. And even Michael's aunt, Eve Ann, said that he was often verbally abusive to Bonnie at work even. And that there was this one time that the abuse was even physical at work. So this story was actually on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Holy shit, mine was too. (gasps) I didn't even put that together. Yeah.
0: Oh my God.
1: I really didn't even put that together.
0: Okay, synchronicity.
1: Okay, but there's this article by Ashley Kay who like breaks down the unsolved mysteries thing and like adds her own flair about the case or whatever. And she quotes the aunt talking about the day that the abuse became physical. She said that, it all started in the parking lot, and that, essentially, Bonnie came in crying and said that Michael had slammed her hand in the door. No. Her nails were broken. Uh-uh. Could you even imagine? No. Oh, my gosh. No. That
0: sends shivers <sighs> down my spine. Have you yeah. ever got Yes. You- yes, I have. Ooh. And it hurt so bad. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And I think one time I accidentally... Uh, Slammed my mom's hand in the door. Oh, God. And I, like, cried so hard. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, God, you know that that hurt so badly. Well, it wasn't long after this that Bonnie decided that it was time for her and Aaron to get out of this situation. She opened up a separate bank account in just her name and had been squirreling away some money that Michael didn't know about. One thing I think said that she had gotten up to almost $1,500. Dang. Yes. Well, Michael found out. And as you can imagine, it did not go well. Right. He forced her to close the account, and she stayed.
0: This was sounding, I was like, damn, this sounds familiar. But no, it just sounded like one of your cases you've done before. The girl who worked at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because she had a bank account or whatever, and he found out. Or she was doing money or something, and he found out about it. Yes. But she did everything that she
1: could for him to not know about that account. Like, she had the bank statements and all sent to her work address. And, you know, she did everything she could so that he wouldn't know. But he ended up finding out. Like I said, made her close it. And Bonnie stayed. But she was just biding her time until she could continue formulating her plan and get her and Aaron out of there. So she's still working towards squirreling away some money. And this time, she started giving it to a friend to keep. At this point, Bonnie had actually saved up enough money again to put a down payment on an apartment. She had found another preschool to put her son in and had even enrolled him in it. Well, on January 6th, 1993, Bonnie got home from work about 7:30, and she was supposed to go over to Aunt Evans' house that night because they had been working on a baby shower for this coworker. PS, I don't know if I'm butchering that aunt's name, but I hope I'm not. Well, at about 8:30 that night, she called her aunt. She was upset, and she was like, "I'm not going to be able to make it." And of course, she was like, "Why not?" And Bonnie was like, Michael and I, we just got into a discussion. I, I just can't come kind of thing. And so, of course, she was like, well, do you want me to call you back later? And Bonnie's like, no, we'll just talk in the morning. Well, from Yvan's perspective, the next morning, neither Bonnie nor Michael showed up for work. According to Michael, they got in an argument and Bonnie left. She was pissed, so she got in her car and drove off. So he called his mother, Carol, to come over and watch Aaron so that he could drive around to see if he could find Bonnie. He was gone about 45 minutes, and when he came back, he didn't really say much and didn't call the police. And the next morning, he did call in sick, but he still did not report Bonnie missing. Well, the next morning, when all this is going down of him calling in sick to work and Bonnie not showing up for work, there is a maintenance worker at a Red Roof Inn out by the airport. And all this happens in Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know if I ever actually said that.
0: Man, Red Roof Inns are all up in Florida. Mm -hmm. So,
1: not a plug. Maintenance worker at a Red Roof Inn. They're taking out some trash. And when they put it in the dumpster, they see a purse. And they pull the purse out. And inside the purse was car keys, credit cards, more than $1,000 in cash. Oh, shit. And Bonnie's ID card. Ooh. It was Bonnie's purse. So, of course, the employees at the Red Roof Inn call police. I'm a little fuzzy on the details here, but from what I gather, police go to the house to say... Like, hey, checking on Bonnie. And he's like, oh, well, she's missing. And so they're like, wait, (laughs) what? Yeah, she's missing, but you haven't reported her? Yeah, and he's like, well, we got in a fight last night, and she just hasn't come home yet. And so I went out and looked for her, and I just couldn't find her. And he's like, I assume she was blowing off steam kind of thing, and that she just hasn't come home yet. And so, they bring him in for questioning, and then when that happens, they go back out to look for her car. And some things said in the same parking lot at the Red Roof Inn, and then some stuff said in the long-term parking at the airport. Either way, they find Bonnie's car. Oh, gosh. And in the car, they find that the seat is pushed really far back, and... Again, just like when the seat is pushed really far back, the person that drives the car is usually like three. Yeah. And Bonnie is no different. Why don't these people think of that? I don't know. It's like... Like, co- honestly. Yeah. It's like the seats, and then a lot of people, when they're wiping down for fingerprints, they forget to wipe down the back of the rearview mirror where they yeah. adjust it. Yeah. Anyway, how to commit a crime 101. <laughs> The other thing that they found is that there was a perfect footprint on the driver's side floor mat. And basically, police are like, well, it matched this pair of shoes that were Michael's. And Michael's like, okay, my shoe prints in my wife's car, that doesn't mean I hurt her. Frank Furter. So, of course, police are like, really worried because where is she? So how did she get separated from her purse? Why is there so much cash in her purse? And why was, if something's wrong with her, How like her being separated from her purse, her car parked, you know, all these things, like it's clearly pointing to some foul play. Police spent a long time canvassing the hotel, checking out the guests, interviewing the security guards, just seeing what they could find out if anybody noticed anything suspicious and Really, nobody did. There was like one guy that they said was standing on the second floor balcony that seemed interested in the dumpster. But other than that, there was nothing. And it panned out to be nothing. Based on Bonnie's car being so close to the airport, they were like, well, maybe, maybe she did run though. Maybe she was getting away from this life where she wasn't happy. So, They checked to see all the different flight manifests to see if she was on any planes leaving the area. And nothing.
0: But why would she leave the cash if she was getting on the plane? And the ID. And the kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, people have left kids and their IDs before if she's, like, assuming a different name. But cash? I mean, come on.
1: So, the search around Jacksonville commences. People are looking for Bonnie everywhere. So of course police are looking for her anywhere they can find her, but as with any investigation, they have to look at the people closest to the victim first. And even though they don't know what kind of victim she is, at this point they know she's a victim because she's missing. Whether it be from foul play or leaving of her own accord, at this point all they know is she is a missing person. So police are looking at Michael. They know that their marriage is on the rocks. They know that she was putting some money up to end the marriage. Michael goes on some news broadcasts and takes Aaron with him and is very, like, nonchalant acting, like, very suspect. And so it just had some people kind of going, wait, what? You know, Mm -hmm. like, not in, like, the Chris Watts way, but, like, in the what? You know, because, like, at least for him, it was quasi-believable. I mean, he at least showed some emotion, albeit fake. He at least showed us some emotion. This was like JonBenet Ramsey's mom when they had doped her up with medicine so that she wouldn't lose her shit on camera, and nobody knew she was doped up with medicine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, he wasn't doped up with medicine. Yeah. He just was emotionless. Bonnie's sister... Knew that it was super important to protect Aaron. So she basically took custody of Aaron temporarily. Logistically, I think she was able to do it because there was the domestic violence and his mom is missing. And so that's how she was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron would have a visitation with Michael like a couple of times a week. And it was really hard on Aaron seeing his dad they said that he would just break down every time he would see him and so it got to the point where they were like this isn't good for him like we need some more stability in his life yeah but he doesn't need to be with his dad because it wasn't safe for him because their thing was if his dad hurt Bonnie he hurt Bonnie when Aaron was in the house so if Aaron saw something, Aaron is the only living witness. Ooh! So her sister Liz was like, "We have to protect Aaron."
0: Yeah, dude, I'm a peanut gallery over here. I'm like, ooh, ooh ah, ooh ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
1: Meanwhile, police are still searching for Bonnie. They are using helicopters to look in wooded areas, but they're finding nothing. But their suspicion of Mike just keeps growing. Oh, now you're close
0: to him. You call him at home. Did I call him Mike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we
1: became best friends. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just
0: wondered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So Michael, again, they matched his tennis shoes to the footprint in the car. They found out that he had actually had an affair but he said it was like a one-time, one-night stand. Mm-hmm. He took a polygraph and he did pass it. But I think, just like me, police were having such a hard time wrapping their brain around, why in the fuck, if you went out looking for her, if you thought she was missing so much that you called into work and you, had to, you went out and looked for her and all this stuff, Like why didn't you report her as missing? But on the flip side, though, I mean, if they really did get in a fight— I don't know. I'm not one though to like leave the house to and be gone all night like that. Period. Much less without some form of communication to of being like, "Hey, I'm gonna go over to Donna's. I need to cool down. I'll see you in the morning." You know what I mean? Like, right. I would never not have any form of communication. But I'm also not the type that would just leave for the whole night like that yeah. in an anger ridden leave. You know what I yeah. mean? But so I can I can also see the flip side of him saying, "Well, we were in such a bad fight that I really thought she just needed to cool down." But when you know the history of the violence mm-hmm. and all that, it's like, "No,
0: I don't buy that." Right. And especially, yeah, if he was an abusive person, like he's not just going to be like, "Oh, okay, cool, you go do your thing then." Like, no, he's going to exactly. want that power. Like he's going to have that final word. He's going to be in control. You can't do it on your own terms. Exactly.
1: Well, here's the other thing. When they asked Aaron what clothes his mother was wearing before she left, he, like, whispered, Mommy was wearing blood.
0: <gasps> oh, shit. Uh-huh. Bless Aaron's sweet little soul. Mm-hmm. So they had, like,
1: a child protective services type team that specialized at interviewing Kids with trauma and all of that. Interview Aaron, and they took him for a happy meal, and he starts opening up, and he says that his daddy shot his mommy.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: I wonder what kind of happy meal he got. Um, I pictured a burger.
0: I was picturing uh the, the nuggets. chicken nuggets. Yeah, amateur. It's nineteen ninety three, though. Surprise so a burger. The nuggets were good and. Oh, I wonder... Where- anyway. so when they have all that
1: other shit in them, though. They were still good back then. I didn't eat them. Actually, I really... Like, within the last probably mm,
0: maybe five years,
1: I've started... Maybe.
0: That is true. Yeah. You you didn't Mm-mm. eat them. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I went through a phase when I learned, like, yeah. okay. But, yeah, when I was a kid... Oh. Yeah. Even as a kid,
1: I never liked them. Oh, I did. Okay. Moving along. <laughs> okay. When they asked shot her with what, he said a gun, and that he shot her in the stomach and (gasps) actually pointed to his stomach.
0: Oh, my God. Was she pregnant? I don't know. Ooh. So. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, bless Aaron's heart. Like, heaven held this in. Oh, gosh. Also, you know little kids make French fries look so good when they eat them. Mm Mm-hmm. Even the them like, are fucking slow yeah and they'll be so cold. My nephew used to eat the coldest fucking french fries, but I'd be like, God that looks so fucking good but they'd be fucking ice cold like outcast be singing about him
1: <laughs> okay so they have basically they have Michael not reporting her they have him going out to look for her allegedly yep, quote unquote yeah I mean aka who knows what he was doing for 45 minutes. And they had 45 minutes. Yeah, he looked really hard. Like, he basically went for ice cream.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I look harder for my fucking purse. Mm-hmm. Definitely my glasses in the morning when I fall asleep in the bed with them on, <laughs> allegedly. So their timeline's like flimsy. They don't really have a timeline. Right, absolutely. But they also have this kid saying, No, I saw my dad shoot my
1: mom. Yeah. But he's three and a half. So it's like, I don't know. And Michael had some interesting allies. Bonnie's parents from the jump were like, no, nah, Michael didn't do this. I don't believe this for a second. Yeah. Like, absolutely. We're like, no, she just ran off. Like, and we're actually seemed bothered, inconvenienced by the fact that she would have the audacity To run off and then leave them to clean up this mess. God. Well, because Michael is prime suspect and Bonnie's parents are supporting him. And Aaron is having such a hard time with this visitation. Bonnie's sister, Liz, says something has to be done. Like he needs stability. He needs protection. So she files with the court to have him, like, named, basically, as a protected witness. And they approve. So he cannot go live with his father because he's a protected witness. And since his—I mean, if his father did it, he was the only one in the house, blah, blah, blah. Like, he literally cannot—is not allowed to go live with his father. Some have said that Bonnie's parents like didn't want Aaron because he because ba- because he was saying that his dad did it, and that they were supporting Michael so much that they were like I don't want anything to do with the kid. Other sources said that they couldn't take care of him, so I don't really know, but they wouldn't take him.
0: That's very sus. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: what y'all got going on, right? Well, and then Liz, who had been taking care of him, she just was having a hard time. She I think she was having some of her own family stuff going on. She was doing everything that she could for him though. She was being such a great advocate. She was the one that got the protected witness thing for him. Like she was doing her best for him. But she couldn't be his guardian. She could not take care of him day in and day out. Yeah. And so they decided to put him in foster care and they put him in this one foster home with the Frazier family he was living with Ronnie and Jean Fraser. when he first got there they didn't really know anything other than his mom was gone had died but they didn't really know how or anything they didn't know the details they just knew shit went down there was trauma
0: and there's not a body right no, nobody knows anything. Okay. I was just making sure that I didn't, that didn't pass over me. No, like,
1: literally, all we know is that she's gone. They found her car with a footprint in it. They in found the purse. her purse with money and her ID and her keys in it. And that is it. Okay. We have Aaron that said that he saw Michael shoot her, but that's all. There's no other evidence. Okay. After Aaron had been there about six months, he started to open up to Gene specifically. He started saying so much that after a while she was like, God damn, I gotta start, I gotta start writing this shit down. Like he's I gotta write down what he's saying so that I can take it to our counseling sessions and all, because he's saying so much. Like this is important, you know? Yeah. Even when he's six years old, so this is years after his mom's disappearance alleged death he's having these counseling sessions where he's saying things that have been written down like i don't want to watch my dad kill other people
0: wow like it's not changing Mm -hmm. things like
1: my dad killed my mom then he threw the pocketbook away in a different place somewhere near our house in a dumpster he buried my mom
0: Wow! Also, can I just say that Aaron is such a sweet soul that he said a pocketbook for the right, first. Yes, I mean Aaron, such an old soul. Aaron and Tiffany were born in the wrong decade, right? Century, maybe.
1: Well, when Aaron would say, "Can we go look for my mom?" instead of going to the car, he would run to the backyard.
0: Oh shit!
1: Yes. And when they were like, where are you going? He said, to get a shovel, silly.
0: Oh, shit. Yes. Holy shit. (laughs) To get a shovel, silly. But they. What kind of hide and seek go play? Right. But they
1: would take him to like try to find these play, you know, and and nothing. In the midst of all of this, though, Aaron flourished with the Frasier family. He really did. By the time he was 10, he had been living with them for like six years, and he wanted to be adopted by them.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So his Aunt Liz, Bonnie's sister, went and had Bonnie legally declared dead, and Michael's parental rights revoked so that the Frasiers could officially adopt Aaron. But she didn't stop there. She, on behalf of Aaron, sued Michael for the wrongful death of Bonnie. And she actually got a $26 million judgment in that, like, civil suit of wrongful death for Aaron against his dad, Michael. Really? Yes. Which, I mean, it literally means nothing because he has nothing. But... They won in the civil case, and that means that Aaron's childhood home, though, that his dad still had, that, like, had renters and stuff in it, is now his.
0: In that backyard, though.
1: Well, by this time, Michael had moved to North Carolina. He had already gotten re-fucking married. Of course. I'm like, I'm sorry. What (laughs) does... What? kind of fucking game does he have that he can say by the (laughs) bye I got a son no I don't have custody no I don't have any parental rights well he was adopted well because he's a protective witness because they think that I killed my first wife well there's no body I mean like what kind of are you kidding me right like how did that conversation go
0: it didn't happen that's what that's what that happened like it didn't happen His wife didn't know about Aaron, I'm sure.
1: Like, how the fuck? Well, Michael did have a few shares in that construction supply company that Aaron got as well. So he did get some things out of it. So picture it. Aaron is all grown up. And the last renters have left the house. And he realizes that they have trashed it. And so he's like, oh, my God, this house needs so much fucking work. And so there's a pool in the backyard, and it's got, like, a shower outside and everything. And it needs so much fucking work that he's like, look, let's just cover it all up. Because, Jesus, this is going to cost so much money to fix this shit. Yeah. So he and his brother-in-law go over there to, like, cover it all up. The thing, Whatever the things that you do with dirt. While they're... Using the little, yeah, that like, co thingy. Yeah, they're like, what is it, excavating the land? Yes, basically. They somehow hit a pipe.
0: At, oh, God. Yep. That's yes. Home renovation right there. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost so much money. We should just do this 10 minutes later. Well, this is going to cost so much money because mm-hmm. I just did this. Yes. <laughs>
1: So, the guys start digging up to see where they hit whatever the pipe was. Yeah. And they find a plastic bag. Oh. Mm. And they're like, well, that's weird. And somehow, when they're, like, continuing to kind of, like, dig, they, maybe with the shovel, like, popped it open somehow. And Aaron finds, like, this coconut in there. And he's like, what? What the fuck is this? Like, what? Who buried it? Coconut? Who buries a coconut? Like, this is what? What? And so he hands it to his brother-in-law, and they're like trying to figure <gasps> out what it is, and then they realize it's an eye socket
0: oh and god. teeth. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say her head. So that's even worse. That it was like parts of it, but yeah, I thought I was like, wait, it's her head. Oh my god! That mm, mm.
1: it is. It's his mother's skull. Oh, it is. Oh, god. So, he's still pretty close to the detective who worked the case. And so, he calls him and he's like, no, you need to fucking get over here. It's like Sunday afternoon, I don't give a fuck, get over. I mean, not that he said, hey, it's Sunday afternoon, I'll be later. He was like, come over here. And he's like, on my way. Yeah. Well, when the detectives get there, they find way more than just her skull. They find more of her Bones that are, I mean, of course, disintegrating, breaking down. But they find one of her rings, her acrylic fingernails. Oh, my gosh. And the pants that she had on. It took four months, but DNA testing came back. And it was confirmed that those were the remains of Bonnie. And the medical examiner ruled her death a homicide in August of 2015. Holy shit. From the 90s. 93. January of 1993, she went missing. January 6th, I think. Holy shit. So police arrest Michael and charge
0: him with second degree murder. How was he supposed to know there is a body? hidden in the backyard. He was 45 minutes away doing something else. God. Oh, my God. I hate him.
1: Aaron ended up facing his dad in trial and testifying against him. Surpri- wow. Yeah. Surprisingly, Michael took the stand. And, like, his Michael's entire testimony is on YouTube if you want to watch it. But, I mean, fuck him. What did he say? Nothing. Nothing
0: consequence. Look at her using those words.
1: <laughs> okay. So basically they tried to say that a crime of
0: passion. It didn't mean to happen. Blah, blah, blah. You fucking hit her body. You buried her body. Yeah. It doesn't matter if like, oh shit, this happened. This was an accident. You buried her body. Mm-hmm. And then you lied about it. So... You did crimes after that anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, they tried to, at first to get the social worker, the one who had interviewed Aaron, like, immediately after, to get her testimony out. Because back then, they didn't, like, record the stuff. They did let her testify, but all she could say is, who did he identify as who hurt his mother? But then, of course, the defense was like, okay, well, but hurt her how? Like... What, I mean, he's three. Hurt her feelings, hurt her finger, yeah. hurt her what, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it was just it, very interesting and heartbreaking, too, to hear Aaron's testimony because, you know, he talks about, like, when he found the skull, he says, I mean, like, he literally is talking about finding his biological mom's skull. And he says, I called my mom. Well, I refer to her as a mom, Jean Frazier. You know, it's like, it like, yeah, gosh, because she is his mom. Yeah, you know, and but he's like, by no fault of Bonnie, and by no fault of Jean. You know, it's like, I I just, I mean, it just broke my heart for him because you know he was so torn in that moment of like, fuck, what do I say? Yeah, and it's like, mom, and he doesn't want to hurt Jean's feelings, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't want to lessen who Bonnie Bonnie was. Yes,
0: yeah, that's so hard because like. Yeah, it wasn't any fault of Bonnie's. Like, there was a fault of Michael. Michael Absolutely. is not, you know, there. But, like, no fault of Bonnie's. God, that that is soul-crushing right mm-hmm. there. Like, that. Oh. And we know he's such a tender soul, too, that, mm-hmm. gosh. Well, the
1: defense also said that the police didn't do their due diligence because in 1996, three years after she went missing, they had gotten an anonymous letter saying that she was buried in the backyard and that they didn't, they didn't go excavate the backyard, basically. And I don't know why or the details of that, but I mean, the defense is saying basically, well, I mean, which if he did that, that is genius, though. Uh-huh. Because, because he's like, anybody could have put the body back there at that point, you know. Mm-hmm and then to make him look guilty. I don't know, it was pretty if it if it really was him that sent that letter and all yeah. that, pretty fucking smart. But basically, you know, you asked about his testimony. He talked about how Bonnie had been unhappy for months and that he was really concerned about her depression and her like she wasn't her quote unquote bubbly self and that he had reached out to Bonnie's mom about it and that he believes that that really upset Bonnie that he involved her mother in their relationship and blah 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 blah. and basically that that's what they were fighting about when she just grabbed her keys and left and so of course the defense attorneys are like so she was mad and left and you thought enough of it to go leave, to go check on her. Like, call your mom over there at 11 o'clock at night to sit with your son to go check on her. But only to be gone for 45 minutes and then never report her to police? hmm Okay. And then, the next day, you still don't. And it's not until after they found the fucking purse in the dumpster that you're like, oh, you know what? Well, see, I don't know where she is. Right. See, what had happened was we had a fight. Right. At the end of the trial, the jury only took like 45 minutes to deliberate and found him guilty of second-degree murder.
0: Oh, about as long as he took to look for his wife that he had buried in the backyard. True. But because he, like, did it, hurt
1: her, like, in the presence of a minor or whatever. It was, like, a special circumstance, and it made him eligible for life in prison. Ooh. Which he got. Hell yeah. But here's my question. So, all that, he's serving life in
0: prison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, this I This mean,
0: whole story and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's in prison, bye.
1: But, okay, <laughs> here's my question, though. So... When did he really bury her, though? Where was she between her missing and getting buried? Because police had, they came to the house. They had, they they came to the house because they saw his shoes, all of that to interview him, to do all the things. Like, if he had freshly buried something, they would have seen it. So, did he stash her somewhere? and then really go back and bury
0: her 3 years later? Um I don't know. And it depends on like where was she in relation to the pool because like under the shower part.
1: And I don't know when the shower was built. Yeah. And but again, it's just so weird to me that police should have noticed a freshly dug spot in the fucking backyard of someone's house where they're missing.
0: I feel like there was an there was a whole, like, Australian podcast, and it was, like, a soccer player who murdered his wife or something. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. I think it was, like, two years ago. And they buried her. Un- like, it was him and his brother, I think, or something. But they buried her underneath the pool, and it was, like, a freshly done thing. Like, I don't know. It was kind of like that, and, like, she had been there the whole fucking time. I don't know. I mean— surely but he was in construction and stuff so maybe he had but he was in like construction supply yeah but that's what i'm saying though like he had tools and shit that i mean like there's ways to make things look nice you know what i mean where it's like nicely done or diy donna and carrie style done yeah but i still
1: think that freshly unearthed ground whether you know construction worker done or diy done is still freshly unearthed ground i think they would have to have more
0: calls like more But if they stuff. had a,
1: if they had enough of a warrant to search and to get his shoes in the house why would they not be able to
0: well i mean like if it was like concrete or something because that's like busting up but if he had freshly laid concrete i mean you still have to bust it up and yeah but stuff. surely
1: they could be like um he has freshly laid concrete. Can we get a search warrant for that? Because that's fucking weird. I, I don't know. We need to know the logistics of... Yes, uh, yeah, the timeline. We don't know the timeline yeah. of the house and the, all that, but there's... I, yeah. Something. Yeah,
0: that's very... Odd. Yeah, but he Aaron said he went and buried his mom. True. Yeah, he said he went and buried his mom because he said he threw the pocketbook away in a dumpster kind of close to the house and then buried his mom.
1: But I just think that's weird that a three and a half year old would know like, okay, we took a pocketbook kinda close to the house. Well, I mean, trauma well, I don't know. I've never been in that trauma situation. But that would be literally be like Allie right now, knowing all of that. Being able to say all of that. I think Allie could say that mm. I The shot in the stomach and the blood clothes, yes. But, like, that, like, we took a pocketbook close – put through a pocketbook in a dumpster close to the house. That seems like a stretch to me.
0: I don't know. I think – But then sometimes she says shit, and I'm like, how the fuck you know that? Yeah. I mean, it's – it. you never know who Aaron was as a three-year-old, though. So true. It seems like he was pretty fucking smart, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, also, it, I don't know.
1: It's interesting, though, as an adult, like him looking back at some, because there's like videos of him with some of these interviews and him as an adult looking back, he doesn't remember those things. Mm. You know, thankfully, he doesn't remember all of that trauma. And so it's like he's watching a movie about his life that he knows is true, but he doesn't remember it. Yeah. So, So it's interesting for him
0: also he might have he might have been there while he did it I don't know but he might have just heard him talking to his in-laws too like I threw the purse away you know like it's kind of close it's in that dumpster over there like I don't you know what I mean if you hear it a lot if you were there I, I don't know
1: yeah because that's weird with the in-laws like something was
0: weird there yeah and I'm not saying like don't stand by people like back up your people if you want to but uh if everything is Pointing Literally pointing, him. yeah. And, like, if, you're, if your fucking grandson is like, no, 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 my dad shot my mom. Your daughter, my mom, was shot by that man. And they're like, mm, you know what? We don't have to have a grandson anymore. It's cool. Like, something's yeah. weird there. Yeah. Well, what do y'all think? Yeah, let us know about the timeline for y'all. Like, what do y'all think about burying or did he stash her somewhere or... Do y'all remember that podcast I'm talking about? I think it was in Australia. Also, with Aaron saying that, like, hey, let's go, like, shovel and find my mom, like, as a kid all the time. Mm -hmm. When he got the house, I'm surprised he didn't, like, want to dig up the yard then. But he didn't remember any of it.
1: Oh. He didn't remember any of that as an adult. Like, I don't think, honestly, like... Even at the age of ten, once he was adopted, I think mm. it just all went away. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't. He had no recall of okay. any of that. Okay, okay. My
0: well, wish is the police who had that would have been like, "Oh, Aaron's got the house now. Uh, let's go dig over it." Right? Because <laughs> golly, that's so like mind-boggling when you think, like, when you're like, "Where is Bonnie?" Like, where is she? What did he do with the body? And it's, like. Been
1: right there. Right there. The whole fucking time.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. One of the investigators, there's a dateline on this. And there's a couple of different. Like, there's there's a new, I think, spinoff, I guess, of Evil Lives Here that's about this. And, like, there's a couple of different shows. And there's a couple of different YouTube videos that are, like, YouTubers who make true crime Mm videos. That they do this. But the investigators were really well invested
0: mm-hmm. in this,
1: you know, they were very close to Aaron. I mean, he was such a young boy, you know, they got really emotional when it came to talking about the body being found and how they wish they could have done more to for it to be found earlier and you know, I think that their hands were tied in ways that we don't understand, yeah, you know that for we sure. don't have all the details of stuff. I don't know what or why or how or who, but, you know, I, th- I think that there's, again, details that we don't necessarily understand.
0: Well, I'd put money on us not understanding it. on Not understanding something?
1: you uh, not wrong uh, right, about that. Right there. Like that right there. Yeah, you're not right.
0: You're not right. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. Oh, God. She looked at me like, what the fuck? I'm like, God, just tell me I'm stupid. No, literally, you said that we don't understand. Yeah, like we wouldn't understand it. At least yours had closure. Yes, because it was a long time coming. Yes. And at least Aaron had a life. Like, he had a family. And at least his Aunt Liz was an advocate for him. And honestly, he got the best
1: possible situation from the foster system that could have ever happened. Right. Like, he's so lucky. Like Donna said, let us know what you think about the timeline. Let us know all those questions that we were answering about her story before. Do you think that Kathy really knew that she was dying? Was it like a sense that she had? Do you think that it she willed it to happen? Did it impact the free will of others? All of that. Tell us what y'all think. Those. I mean, that really brings up some really good discussions. Yeah. But be kind because your opinion is your opinion. Because we love hearing other people's perspectives just because, I mean, hell, that's what makes the world go round. Definitely. So be kind to each other's opinions. I think all that's left is to remember. Creep it real and And don't don't get get scared. scared.